Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Say something funny so we have a cold open. I think he just did. Come on, someone tell a fucking joke. (laughs) That was an awful Logan Roy impersonation. Oh, that was Logan Roy. <laughs> I mean, I told you it was terrible. <laughs> I, I, I can I can hear it, but that is now that's the end. It was more of what he said, not how he said it. Yeah. All right. What's up, Houdat Nation, and welcome to the Dome Patrol United Saints Podcast. What's up, Houdat Nation? Thanks for joining us on the Dome Patrol Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff. And before we begin this episode, this is your regular reminder to tune in on Draft Night for our live stream Draft Night Party, April 27th. Thursday, first round of the draft, Facebook Live Dome Patrol podcast page, where we will be live for the entire first round of the NFL draft. As is, of course, the tradition. All right. Now, on this episode, we're going to talk about the NFL rule change proposals. They've got quite a bit of them. And then we'll talk about some Lamar Jackson uh, drama going on. And then maybe we'll talk a little bit about Succession. So if you're not a Succession watcher, you could turn it off at the end. Or if you haven't seen the premiere episode of the final season, uh, we will contain spoilers. So let's start with, uh, actually, let's flip it and start with the Lamar Jackson stuff. And then we'll get to the NFL. Uh, Interesting. This is a Saints podcast that ironically will not have much, if any, Saints (laughs) conversation. But that's okay. All right, so Lamar Jackson announced his request to be traded. Yes. And is it a foregone like agreement within the NFL fan base that both he and the Ravens have completely fucked up their situations respectively on either side? I, I don't understand how both teams can get it or both parties can get it so wrong. Yeah, I mean, and now it's coming out. So we got that weird story last week that... Um, that someone that sort of had something to do with Lamar was just contacting random teams around the league and the league put out a statement going, this person doesn't is not an agent. You can't talk to him. Well, what we're finding out now is what was going on. Lamar Jackson requested a trade on March 2nd, over three weeks ago, almost a month ago. 
And this guy was apparently calling around telling teams because the, the Ravens didn't put it out there. So he's telling all the teams, Lamar's available. We have put in a trade request. Nobody's recalled to trade for him. That's, I mean, and it, I just, it has, it's not because Lamar Jackson's not talented. It has to be that he's just being seen as unreasonable and maybe a little bit of a pain in the butt. I mean, there's something he's done that soiled his image for somebody that's, that's won an MVP as a quarterback. Unanimous MVP. Yeah. You've talked about on the episode where we talked about CD Deuce for 20 minutes that, uh, you know, there are things that are reported out and there are things that are with a, you know, a handshake gentleman's agreement, gentle person's agreement between the team and the reporters that there's some things that you just don't tell stories about. And I wonder if, is there, you think, among owners and GMs throughout the league, is there more information about Lamar Jackson that we just don't know about? Or is I don't it think just there's, money? I don't think there's any of that. I, I think that they're all pissed off at Cleveland for giving Deshaun that guaranteed deal. Yep. They don't want to do guaranteed deals, so that's why they don't want to give it to him. That's what Lamar wants. Okay. They don't want to give it to him. So Simple I as think that. It's I, well, a, a lot of it's simple as that, but it also doesn't help that he didn't have a fucking agent. Either. That's that's the two things. I yeah. think that what Jason just said is 70 to 80 percent of it. Yeah. But the additional like if you're like, OK, but the, we've got 10 minutes to fill guys representing himself. He, he's not even going to know where to begin to how to put a contract together. So it's just it's the weirdest thing that he's sticking to this. And I'm telling you, if this guy had, had if he had hired Master P a year ago, he'd have. <laughs> He'd have, he'd have a huge contract by now. It'd all be over. No Limit Studios. What's up? Who this is? Who this is? Look at this rapper Forte. Who is this? Oh, this P. P? Yeah, this P. P? Yeah. P, let me hear you say, uh. <laughs> this ain't no motherfucking P. Man, But, you know, um, his negotiated tactic can't be what Deshaun Watson got. That's what I want. Because this is not going to work. But, I mean, can Lamar... Like, so every team's going to got to worry. Like, Lamar, you didn't play the last, whatever it was, five, six, seven games of the season. He can't just get on the phone with them and go, yeah, I was faking because I didn't. I wanted a contract. Like, you can't do that because that just makes you a, a piece of shit that wasn't willing to play for your last contract. Yeah, what do you think I mean, you're going to do? It's one thing to team? negotiate. It's one thing in the offseason to hold out. In the middle of the year with your team and teammates trying to make the playoffs, that's when you did that, like just stopped coming. He can't admit that, so he's got to sort of play like maybe I was injured. But that doesn't look good. And these running quarterbacks, here's something that's changed over the years since, since we were growing up. Running quarterbacks were elite pocket passers. John Elway, Steve Young. Were elite pocket passers that were even, also even, athletic even and could pick up some yards. Even Cunningham, so I was was say, yeah. In Cunningham, we are slowly and so you know, Michael Vick had a great arm, lost some accuracy, but over the years, we're getting more and more to these guys that are terrible, if not very average pocket passers, but elite athleticism. And we're, I guess they're hoping, like, oh, this is a good athlete. Like, we'll teach him how to properly throw the ball and sit in the pocket. And, and that's not just not working. millions of dollars, I, mean, I shouldn't have to teach you how to throw the football. It's a quarterback. 100%. But it's, it seems that we're getting that way. Also, these guys that are super athletic and fast aren't as durable. I mean, listen, I was, I was at the very first game that Robert Griffin ever played in the NFL. 
and he tore the Saints up. You know what? I also left that game going, that guy's not going to have a long career because he got blistered by the Saints multiple times on the sideline when he didn't know how to go out of bounds. And Lamar does a good job of, like, normally missing big hits and all. He's a big guy. He's way bigger than Robert Griffin. But he has been injured the last couple years. He has missed games. And so maybe they sit there and you're saying you want the biggest contract guaranteed in the history of the game for a guy that's playing less and less games every year and is not an elite pocket passer. Like, I have to rebuild my entire team. The Ravens have done that. The Ravens are the perfect situation for him. I mean, or the Eagles, who... I don't know if I don't think he's a better pocket passer than Jamal Hurts. Jamal Hurts? You mean Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Braylon Hurts. Braylon, Braylon Hurts. Braylon Edwards. <laughs> it's yeah. like the alternate universe. Well, we talked in previous episodes uh about there's a difference between a quarterback who can run, which are the yesteryear quarterbacks you yep. mentioned, and what today's I classify them as their running backs who can throw. And these are he's a he's more in that category. Taysom Hill is a running back who can throw, in my opinion. And to me, a quarterback who runs like like this is also you have a higher injury risk. They have a shelf life, which is much shorter than a pocket passer. And to me, meanings you cannot command the kind of money because there's no longevity and there's way too much risk. So you have to you have to take less money or show that you can be a pocket passer. Hey, latest example. Russell Wilson two years ago was one of the top five quarterbacks in football, had won a Super Bowl, had been in a Super Bowl, had taken a team that was basically considered a bad offensive line, um, decent defense and on good receivers and made them a perennial NFC title contender. He slowed down a little bit and is not an average quarterback anymore. I mean, he and he, he can still he's still athletic, but just a little bit of slowing down. So this athleticism on all these quarterbacks. When they get over 29, 30, 31, just the wrong knee injury, they don't have to turn return to average speed. When they don't have elite speed anymore, they're not a good quarterback. What do they have to go back on? James, well, you yeah, had I mean, something they, you were going to say. Well, well, look, look how quickly Cam Newton fell off the cliff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Although there's a chance that Lamar Jackson right, gonna is going to do exactly the same and will fall off a cliff over the next couple of years. And I mean, all that combined with he wants the biggest guaranteed contract ever. He's representing himself. He's not to, he's not showing up for game. I mean, like he's got four or five weird things that just, I mean, I'm not going to give him five years, 250. No, No. that's the point. The thing is like you go ahead. I was going to say realistically though, who's out there that's going to make any kind of move for him at the moment. Right. Who needs a quarterback that bad? Indianapolis. Yeah. But I mean, they again, they got to rebuild their team. I mean, I guess this they are. Well, I mean, I mean, they kind of need to. When you're starting from nowhere, right? (laughs) He's going to have to come down off of his asking price or else he's just not going to play football next year. Right. Yeah. I mean, listen, there's, there's a, and now what about the Ravens? But what are they going to do? I, I, I had said I had said during this whole thing, it made sense why teams weren't engaging with him because it was just somebody's going to offer him a contract. They're going to do all the work for the Ravens and then the Ravens are going to match it. So why am I wasting my time? Well, here's the deal. that That's not true. The whole league is known for three weeks that he wants to be traded. And, and there's not movement. And no one's interested. I mean, not, again, not they a, could not be interested. The, the, Raven, what the Ravens are going to want, regardless of the contract, that has nothing to do with them. They're going to want three first-round picks, 
I mean, I, that makes sense. Three first round picks would make sense. And if, if then, somebody makes then you have to give him the largest contract and guaranteed contract in the history of the NFL. Well, his, his tender is that um, the Ravens have right of to match it, don't they? And if they don't, it's two first round picks. Well, not right? if they trade him. Sorry. Yeah. So, so th- I don't think that first scenario is going to happen anymore because the Ravens can match it. Now you're just going to have to trade for him because they're not, yeah. they're not trading him for two firsts. We call that a Davenport. Yeah, they're not trading him for a Davenport. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all got anything else on him? I think that's exhaustive. Yeah, just I mean, <clears throat> who knows what's going to happen? I don't see the Ravens trading him though. I mean, uh, John Harbaugh was was asked at his media day. Um, do you think Lamar Jackson's going to be your quarterback week one? And he said, yes, I do. So, I mean, he's known and about this was, for three weeks. And that was after he tweeted today, wasn't it? Or around no, no, about no. the same La- time. Lamar Jackson tweeted it out exactly the minute that John Harbaugh's media session started <laughs> and media ran from all over the room to crowd around him. He had this enormous crowd of people yelling at him. <laughs> He, he he tweeted it at exactly the moment John Harbaugh started taking questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to shift gears and talk about rule changes being proposed. There seems to be a lot this year compared to maybe last year or the year before. Uh, so we're just going to kind of review some of these. Some of them you may be like, eh, uninterested. If so, we'll keep moving on. But I'm going to try and see if I can f- catch them all. Uh, so the first rule change being proposed by the Rams. No, or... don't want to do it. <laughs> uh, you might. It, this one suggests that roughing the passer penalties be reviewed by officials and or by a coach's challenge. Somebody needs to review roughing the passer. The roughing right? the passers have gotten pretty dang ridiculous. And it's a huge it's always on a third down. And it's it just it changes the game. Now, listen, I think that they're willing to do this now that Tom Brady retired. And they don't have to give him free first downs when his team's losing. So, mm. I mean, maybe the rule doesn't even matter anymore, but I think it's a good good move to uh, well, Aaron Rodgers have it available. I, the I don't think they should all be reviewable. I think it should be the coach's challenge. Okay. Why? Because every single time a quarterback gets tackled, you're going to see the the ref go into the screens to review no i don't it. think they're going to do that i think it's going to be reviewed quickly from somewhere else and said that's either a penalty or not like i i am a fan of if we can get it right let's get it right and i don't think i think that the, i know and we're that not the technology about- and the money exists for a person to be in the stadium and looking at every play as it happens and just buzzing but you again, were right you this were is, wrong this is challenging a when a roughing the passer is called not right. looking at every play and correct, deciding correct, if correct. it should be roughing the passer yeah, but they're going to end up looking at every time a quarterback is tackled, potentially. Look, now, I know it's a slightly different sport. We've got VAR in soccer, and the whole quick make a decision thing doesn't exist. Mm. In tennis, it does. And tennis is worth a lot less money than the NFL. <laughs> the NFL right, well, figure this I out. I think the first step, though, is I, I think, you know, if you can get it by with at least letting it be an eligible coaches challenge then that's progress uh all right three teams submitted that uh oh i'm sorry forget that uh let's see all right the lions have also proposed a that something that would allow officials to consult on penalty enforcement i don't know what that means i don't have enough data on it so we'll move on texans want officials to be able to review failed fourth down attempts 
did they get one that didn't work out for them this year? So, so you just had a fourth down attempt, you failed, and you want to review it. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, but what like if it was like a fun, like an incomplete pass or I, something I don't, like that? Maybe, like, maybe to get the spot right. Maybe like look, maybe review it for the spot. I could see that. Like if it's fourth and like one, and you push it up the middle, and then there's a pile. I mean, I can say like the ref doesn't always put the ball where it's supposed to be. Maybe you look at the that film to see exactly what blade of grass the football was on whenever the runner was down. I, I believe that that's an impossible thing to do, and it, it needs to be you, a chip in the ball. Well, how do you do a chip in the ball for a football? Where does the chip go? Because if the the, the like in the nose, you'd have to like have the whole exterior of the ball. Because if one piece of the ball crosses it, that goal it'd line, have to, it'd have to be that's a touchdown. Yeah. So another thing, they do have technology, or the ball has a chip in both ends of it, and you know exactly one hundred percent where the ball is, and if it crosses the first down. Like a, the scoreboard lights green, it's a first down, or if the it goes into the end zone, we don't have to work about oh worry about was there a body in the way? Do we have the right camera angle? There is technology that you know where every single millimeter of the ball is and what okay. it does and does not cross. All Actually, that, yeah, it's not yeah, and it doesn't a, change okay. the way a quarterback can throw the ball. It doesn't change. Any, it's an identical football that can be tracked. So why wouldn't we do this? Because I mean, we're we're content oh, with where the we can't, officiating is we in the NFL can't right now. Fix the games <laughs> as easily. That's why. All right. So just pay attention to who votes on these things. All right. Uh, the Jets would like an expansion of the crackback block penalty for players Terrible. in motion and blocking past the center. Terrible. The, the, and I'm, it's one of the. I mean, they're they're overdoing that rule. As far as I'm sorry, but I don't care if you're chasing my guy from behind if i'm going back the other way like i should be able to stop you from chasing my guy down yeah like it just i mean having played offensive line the crackback block is the most enjoyable part of the game <laughs> <That's> <laughs> the, the, the thing where like right before you hit them you're supposed to like scream something so they turn their head as you're making contact nope, nope. <laughs> so the jets want this to be illegal no yeah okay no no, no thanks. again probably because they got by it or something all right um the competition committee would like to make tripping a personal foul so my old thing with tripping well i guess if you're tripping a player that is not holding the ball from behind is or from the side i guess that's illegal but why does that have to be personal it, uh, yeah i mean when we're not having like huge ankle or knee injuries because of tripping um i agree it needs to be a penalty like the offensive lineman sticks the illegal block. foot and but it's i mean it might as well just be a holding call like what's the difference between tripping and holding one right. they, they both slow yeah, the person illegally down right you're yeah. illegally impending their right way. yeah five yards ten yards yeah, the down I, I'll, I'll go with 10, 10. It's, a okay. it's a holding call okay Eventually. yeah all right. Uh, Lions are proposing that coaches be permitted to challenge personal fouls and that teams earn a third challenge if they win only one of their challenges instead of both. So right now you have to win both to get your third, but you only need to win. Basically, it almost sounds like they're asking, like, if you win, it just doesn't count against you, which I, I agree with that. I, yeah. Um, as for personal fouls to be challengeable, sure. Like I'm, a fan I'm of on the getting, side I'm, of like a challenge as much as possible. 
I want the game like, to be played correctly. I mean, right. like I want the to call be called correctly. Yeah, I'm, I agree with that one. Again, right. I think that most of this makes sense to me. If there's a way to make these challenges happen and have them reviewed without four and a half minutes under the the hood, um, I, I we don't need that. Um, but there, there's got to be a way. There's enough billions of dollars to go around for yeah. for someone to be reviewing every single play at the stadium. Yeah, I mean it's one, it's sixteen additional people we need to hire, one per right, one per game. Well, we don't have enough people. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Get more. I mean, <laughs> so all right, Eagles. Uh, all right, now we're going to go to kickoffs. All right, so um, uh, first proposal is this is not necessarily the Eagles. All right, first proposal would see the ball move from the twenty to the 25 on a touchback punt. Yeah, I mean, if they were going to move one, they should have moved them both. I always thought it was weird when they moved the kickoff, but not the the punt. I, I mean, it was it was weird to make them different. Well, they moved the kickoff back. It looks like they want to push the punt forward. No, the no, they, they, they the made 25. it to where a, on a touchback, you get the ball at the 25 on a kickoff, but it's all, it stayed on the 20. They they did it because they did not want returners returning kicks. Oh, oh, oh. that's oh, when you get hurt. Oh, you yes, used to, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm used yes, to on a touchback. Right. You got it at the 20 on both a couple years ago. They moved the touch on a kickoff to the 25, but yeah, I mean, just as many I people get hurt on punts, like, where they, they're discouraging thinking. runners from returning kickoffs by right. giving you an extra free five yards. Yeah. Okay. So basically I mean, but all don't, touchbacks, don't worry. We, all we got rid of Deontay Hardy. To who's going to return it no matter what. Right. So <laughs> maybe this will matter for us. And then fumble it on about the 25 yard line. Only in London. Okay, now this one's interesting. The Eagles put forward a daring alternative rule that would allow a scoring team to maintain possession of the ball instead of kicking it off. So under this, the team would get a fourth and 20. So this is what we see in the XFL, right? A fourth and 20 at their own 20-yard line, but only if they were losing and had already used the rule no more than twice in one game. No. I thought it was fourth and 15 from their own 25, but so this, regardless, they're around the same kind either, of thing. Yeah, I think in a sense, it almost they're, they're putting a lot of restriction around it. So it's very specific on when you it's not like every one. It's almost like an onside kick situation. And it would so replace instead the of an onside, onside kick, kick, they get a fourth would, and 15 for, for conversation's sake to keep it simple. Yes, but it does seem like it would not be limited to an onside kick. But yeah, like you do have to be down. So you can so only do I, it more twice in a max two times a game. I'm, it's what the XFL is doing, basically. The listen, so I'll, I'll say that I'm not in favor of the rule because they need to go back to the old kickoff rule. They ruined the onside kick in 2018 yeah. when they changed all, made all these stupid rules, and nobody can do onside kicks anymore. There was three, I think, in the entire NFL last year. So if you're down by more than eight, it's basically impossible to win a game. Um, so I, I wish they'd go back to the old onside kick. If they're not going to do that, then, then sure. Let's do this. I mean, it's, it, it's something, I guess. Um, it's just, uh, I don't know. I, I hate the way they did the onside kick. I mean, it was, it was, it was fun. The old onside kicks the stand, when you could just the standing put 10 people on it. one side of the field and have them all mm-hmm. crash into each other. All right. Uh, basically emergency third down the lions are helping out the 49ers. <laughs> By proposing a rule that it would allow you to designate a third quarterback from your inactive list or your practice squad to play in a game if both of your active quarterbacks are ruled out. This makes sense. Yeah, Alvin Kamara never fair. needs to be the emergency quarterback, or Lance right. Moore does not ever need to be your emergency quarterback. Like this, it should be outside the, the rules of the uh, 
I mean, I mean, it's not really going to affect the Saints too much because of Taysom Hill, I guess. He would be your your third quarterback, wouldn't he? I guess. Yeah. I think this year right. they're going to commit more and more to him not right. doing that. Here's a fun one. Uh, the Eagles would like for players to wear the number zero. Hate it. Get why? rid of No, I do not want zero on a damn jersey. No, but like, why do they want it is the question. I'm assuming what, there's a player one person that idiot. wants zero <laughs> would would be my assumption i don't get stressed I'm, some people are like well oh, why are the saints wide receivers 12 13 14 it doesn't matter i i it's just a number on a jersey right i mean i do like that certain numbers are for certain positions that it helps you you know, at least when you're looking at like, if it's an offensive lineman, you know, they're going to usually be in the sixties and seventies, but then there's always an exception. It seems like for certain positions and then receivers are all over the place, but either way, yeah, like the number zero, I don't know, but I think to me, like it could get confusing with an eight for certain teams fonts that are on their Jersey. Like, I think it could actually hurt our, us on watching on TV. Anyway, playoff seating is the last uh, category. So the Chargers proposing a big change to playoffs by suggesting that the wild card teams could earn a higher playoff seed than a division winner. So obviously Saints were actually when we had to play in Seattle. Uh, remember that year, Beastquake, right? Year so when we had the better record, but they won the division. So in that case, it would be like the best record is the better seed, no matter whether you won your division or not. I'm torn on this one. What do you I, think? I've thought for a while that your record should dictate your seeding, not whether you won the division or not. So I, I would I would back this one. I kind of feel like that too. Wesley, I don't know if you're still with us, but uh, I don't know what you think about it, but this is the last rule change. Yeah, I, under, I understand like us personally having a feeling about it because of what happened to the Saints, but I don't like it. I mean, uh, it, it was weird a couple of years ago. We've had a couple of teams with losing records, host home games, um, and the NFC at least um, has flirted with that a few times. Listen, there's a there's a reason you play division games. You got to play those people, um, you know, two times a season. I think there's something to win in your division, and then uh, just go from there. Okay. All right, so that's all the football stuff. So if you are a watcher of Succession, the HBO phenomenal show, uh, the <laughs> final season premiere aired on March 26th. And if you are a watcher, you're about to get spoilers. This is side two. If you want to play the record from the beginning, please turn over. Do not play this side if you want side one. This is side two. We would like to apologize to purchasers of the executive version of this record for the peremptory nature of that announcement. The brusque tone was intended for buyers of the cheaper version. Uh, we'll do a very quick uh, what you like about it, because it's one of those shows that everyone on the Don't Patrol podcast watches it, who's at least the ones in the United States. So, Wesley, you and I are the only two left. James, you'll have to indulge us for this Uh Great first episode. Uh, I wonder if Logan isn't having a crisis of conscience to the extent that Logan <laughs> is able to have a crisis of conscience. <laughs> I'm not sure if he's ever shown anything, uh, you know, even even when he was dying in a hospital bed. I don't know if he's ever shown anything that makes him seem like he's scared of his own mortality. And 
what was great about, I mean, the diner scene was just incredible. And I love how they frame it. Like he's having a conversation with, with the other guy, but that was a monologue. I mean, he, he wasn't even listening to what the guy was saying back. And when he did say something back, he just told him he was wrong. And it's, uh, it, it was incredible. I mean, just seeing the way that it came through. Um, and then also seeing like, it's the first time he seemed broken by his family, not being there. Like he's mm-hmm. gone back and forth. Obviously he he's had in a the bad mood, his whole birthday party. Cause his kid, I mean, yeah. he, 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 he assigned it to of, a bunch of other shit, but yeah. He had the moment of pride when Kendall um, turned on him where he had the little grin and smile, but he, he wants his kids to go out and like do their own thing. But now he's kind of heartbroken because they're not there because I, I think he knows this is like really coming to an end. Yeah. And I think that last comment that he made at the end when he called it, so he called them now, I, that, you know, again, like that's something Logan Roy would never do, but he called them. He's waited the whole episode for them to call him. Right. But he called them. And and when he said like, congratulations on seeing the highest number, you're fu- in you fucking morons you fucking morons which is the term of endearment for him right like i really do take that as he was actually telling them that i'm proud of you for finally stepping up and and doing the things that i've been trying to teach you to do your whole lives right like stepping up and, and winning but also you beat me so welcome to the fight like i will destroy you <laughs> you know i'm gonna still take your take your lesson here and uh show you that winning the bid is not the end of the game so it's also I, just insane how they're throwing around these numbers of billions of dollars in a way that none of the rest of us would understand mm-hmm. and they're just <laughs> uh i mean the, the, the whole thing they're like well why don't we just go up to 10 and he's like you understand that's 500 million dollars right um the way that uh, they, they try to explain it is this it's, it's crazy what they're doing. And again, we know that it all comes down to, it's really comes down now to screwing over the dad more than it is even being successful. Yeah. And I love, listen, Kieran Culkin's come a long way since the start of season one. He's a deep character now. Yes, and the stuff that he's doing where you can see his acting, where he truly still does not want to hurt his father and still like has some sort of thing in there where maybe, maybe we can work this out with dad. It's crazy. I mean, well, he's just, also he, taking, he's doing a great job. Right. He, right. His character full arc. Right. Because right in the beginning, he was reckless. He was careless. He was the really the, the not black sheep, but whatever, you know, the, the, the guy the, that the blew up the satellite. He was, yeah, he was the liability guy. Or, I mean, <laughs> but now, right. He's the sensible one. Even when they were debating, should we even go after and buy peers? And he's like, I don't know, guys, like, maybe we should do this thing that we've like stay the course on the plan that we've been doing. It's a safer bet and all that. I mean, I don't know. Is it, yeah. His character has become, I think my favorite of the kids and maybe my favorite of the whole series. Although Greg and Tom are just still amazing. Well, and it's, it's really interesting. What's changed with Tom just since this last episode of the end of last season, he is now an integral part of what Logan's doing. He's the guy on the phone. Now that's never Tom's always been like coming up with the idea being behind, but like, he's the guy on the phone negotiating the deal. And so where he's come from is insane. Um, and, and it's uh, always been baffling to me because I've never understood like what the writers wanted us to think about Tom, because he is both a bumbling buffoon in some scenes. And then he's this like 
not want to say genius, but this like he's savvy. he's calculated. He's been calculated. But that's the one thing about this episode that was so weird. He's so calculated, but he's the one that screwed all this up by telling her it wasn't a date with Naomi Pierce. Right, right. Like he, Tom's the one that fucked this whole thing up. Because he's him. he because his loyalty, he's got his he's struggling right between his loyalty to himself and and by extension Logan and his loyalty to his still current wife. Right. That you know, and he still he I think the he does love Shiv. I mean, it's yep. obvious from the scene. Yeah. Well, and speaking of that, so I'll say. So at the end of the episode, so I love the whole episode. I'm watching. And then they get to that scene with the two of them. Mm-hmm. And, and I like it ended on such a downer that I was like, oh, fuck, that's a terrible way to end the first episode. But then, then like I took a minute from it and I'm like, you know what? That's genius because they've never had a scene like that in that show. That show's always broken with comedy. Yeah. Crappy stuff's happening. Somebody died. Make a joke. Yeah. And, and that's just like the first time that we are just. I mean, that's a, it helps you understand their relationship. Those two people, I mean, if you want to be realistic about ending a marriage and relationship at the end somewhere, you're just both so fucking disgusted that you don't even want to talk about it anymore. And you know, I'm just too tired to even bitch at you anymore. And they're but both they both there and they're holding hands on the, that's like, right. it's just the holding hand. Like that's the closest those two have ever been. And 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 it's know, maybe the most, the most intimate they've ever been. And the, sure. Yes, intimate. That's the word I'm looking yeah. for. Right. And and that is they 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 both do have a certain love for each other. And I think that's also one of the undertones of this entire series is that it, it is a se- series about these this family. It's a very dysfunctional family and it's a very unethical family. They're all bad people, but in the end, it is about their relationships and they love each other. And this is just how these people they express their love for one another by fucking each other over you know <laughs> and well, so and it's, it's, i mean you see the three of them trying to work together and they go through the whole episode like not trusting like well which one of you is going to fuck us first oh what do you, yeah, you, yeah. you got everybody's got a backup plan baked into the, everything yeah and like she's got a backup to her backup yeah i love it well, it's well it's so what layered. we're setting up though is so the kids can't buy the the network unless, he unless sells. the sale goes through because right basically they need the money from gojo they liquidate and then this season's got a long way to go. Oh yeah. But, but the, <laughs> so really, and I love that they, they gave us, the they gave us so much in the first episode where yeah. you might think, I know where it's this season's mm-hmm. going to, this isn't even going to have anything to do by the end of the season. No, I, right. They never, they always do. Right. Something like, so, so well, they normally start slow. This episode did not, this first episode did not start slow. This, this series is built through. I have a started. feeling Logan is going to stop the sale, but the, yes. so the kids still win, right? Some, the some still inherit, but they still inherit. The company so win-win for the kids like this whole thing their decision with pierce was very good and again i really do think like they, you got to end it i think it it is going to end either one or two ways one it's going to end where the kids finally step up and become successful because you were rooting for them in fuck logan or two because all these people are just despicable human beings they all lose this could be shakespearean tragedy everybody could be lost. at the end of this thing everybody could lose well and the one thing do you realize do you remember in season two when Logan wanted to buy PGN, he offered $25 billion. And now, like, he was about to offer six. Yeah. I mean, they're going to go for 10. They agreed to 10. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, I don't know if we'll ever see um, uh, the, the owner of uh, PGN again, but her acting was really good going back. Oh, you know, I just, I'm just so, just so uncomfortable with this. I just, I just don't want a bidding war. And then she's just, I mean, definitely. She knows that they hate each other and she's, well, they're going to go wherever they have to. Yeah. So, I love, and I do love the, the actress. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Cherry Jones. Yeah. 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 Cherry Jones. 
love her as an actress. All right, that's all the show we have for you right now. We'll forego final thoughts. We're going to thank our loyal listeners for downloading each week and telling all of your friends about the Don't Patrol podcast. Follow us on Facebook. Look for Don't Patrol podcast. We're on Twitter at Don't Patrol PCAST and at Don't Patrol UK. We're on all your major podcast networks. And if you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, go to Don't Patrol Podcast.com. Say bye-bye, donkeys. Vote for Connor Roy. Donkeys. Yeah, this was the Saints podcast for a minute. A kiss is not a contract, but it's very nice. It's very, very nice. I'm only one man, baby, pretty baby. We're only two men, ladies, the babies. Pretty babies